0: Getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. As the introduction suggests, my name is Jeffrey Wright. I'm the host of the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Weekdays here in Memphis, Tennessee from 2 until 4 central time. My co-host is RJ Choppy. Of course, the co-host of the Shan and RJ shows Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. You can follow him on Twitter, at RJChoppy.
0: RJ, how are you, my man? Doing well, man. I mean, how could you not love uh, an opening weekend or two of college football and the NFL kicking off? So, it's a good week. It's a good time to be alive. There, There's no question. This part of the year where fans have
1: optimism, betters still have optimism. It's one of the best times of the year. We had a fantastic week one slate. We're gonna get into the week two slate in just a little bit, but I wanted to kind of get your initial reactions. Did you have any big picture thoughts, maybe teams that you like, teams that you're out on? What did you take away from week one?
0: Man, I mean, how could you not be impressed uh, by Alabama? It's just another five-star quarterback rolling in there and dominating and that team just taking off and. Really putting it to uh, an upstart Miami team. I mean, they they were the team that I think everybody is impressed by. Uh, and then I was I was somewhat displeased by how some of the Big Twelve teams played. Uh, like Oklahoma didn't play very well against Tulane, and Iowa State did not play very well against Northern Iowa. And those are two teams with some national title hopes. Uh, so those are those are my two. I mean, what, what was your biggest takeaway from Week One? I think. From week one, I think the most obvious one, I think you hit the nail on the
1: head. Alabama's officially Thanos. They're inevitable. It, it feels as if the only thing that can stop them is themselves. Uh, we had mentioned it on the show last week how blessed we felt that we only had to lay 19 and a half. I mean, I know there are some people that were, you know, hoping hope it goes down to 17. I never even blinked. I was like, as long as this thing stays under 30, uh, I'm I'm happy. And, you know, I've I've been around SEC football and I've covered SEC football. One thing that I've learned about Alabama is just because you are not familiar with the talent does not mean that they do not have talent. They officially just reload and there isn't a slow building process and you know we saw with Bryce Young. That was about as clean of a football game as you could possibly have. I think maybe with Bill O'Brien there was going to be some concerns about whether or not he'd be able to adjust to be to running that offense right off the bat and I think we saw Pretty quickly, not only do they have a, a good feel for Bryce Young, they they seem to know exactly the type of positions to put him in. I liked the way they rolled him out. I liked the things they did. They really capitalized on his skill strength. And then I think the other big story for me was perhaps return of defense. And, and maybe it's not even so much a return of defense. Maybe what it was was last year, given the, the realities of the season, where you had so many people and so many teams that, weren't even able to really practice. You're doing all the zoom and, and everything was virtual and it didn't really allow defenses to gel and offenses had a massive advantage. But I think we saw that kind of taking shape last week. And then for me, I think really the other big general takeaway, and maybe at this point it's a theory that I'm gonna keep watching. I think the teams that we thought last year that were pleasant surprises, the, the Colorados, the, the Iowa States, I'm tracking uh, RJ. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm putting them on fraud alert. I I, I think the Indianas, if you will, and it doesn't take away anything from those, from what those teams accomplished last year. But I think we're just starting to see that perhaps last year might've been an outlier. And on the other side of that, maybe a team like Penn state, a team that ends up having a very disappointing week, one game, losing a game that they probably should have won given the amount of, Turnovers and whatnot. Like they should have probably beaten Indiana Week One, and then we saw, you know, maybe that is a team that can kind of flip the script in the opposite direction. To me, like those were kind of the big picture things, the things yeah. that I'm trying to apply to the season moving forward.
0: You know, it's interesting you bring up Indiana. I mean, they looked awful. Um, they, they really, really did. And some of those upstart teams, Iowa State, just just kind of. I maybe mean, they just some some teams can't handle success. Uh, and, and being in a position where they're now the favorites. They're the hunted, and some teams just can't handle that. Um, it's really frustrating and annoying with Alabama. It really, really is. As somebody who is not an Alabama fan, uh, it is, it, it just they just reload, dude. It's like crazy. It's like every year, here comes another group of five-star players uh, that's just going to go and, and waltz on in there. But, you know, it's interesting about Penn State. That was an unwatchable first-half of football. See, this is where I disagree with you. I know you had the early show.
1: I think that was the perfect 11 a.m. Big Ten game. You had overcast (laughs) guys. You had the the drizzle pouring down. It was a punt fest. It was sloppy football. Like, I was so happy. I was like, yes, this is. if that game would have been at 7 p.m., that would have been a horrific football game. The fact that it was at 11 a.m. our time, it was just like the perfect way. It was the perfect, like, coffee and donut for me.
0: Yeah, get get those you know scoreless first halves out of the way yeah. at 11 a.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to watch those at the 2:30 slate. I don't want to watch those at six o'clock. No, you you put those on at 11 a.m. where it's, hey, it's dreary. You know. By the way, is it ever sunny in the Big Ten? Like, dude, does any game?
1: I, it appears it's certainly never sunny in Madison, Wisconsin. That's one thing I can <laughs> confirm. I, know, I have right? college football. I'm I'm 33. I've been watching this sport since I was able to turn on a TV. I don't think I've ever seen a beautiful day in Madison.
0: No, I I, I can't imagine. Like, you know, it's supposed to be a great town. I've never been there. Oh, everyone raves about
1: it as a a place. But like Evanston, same thing. I felt like we couldn't really tell because it was a night game on Friday night. But that was – there's just something about when you watch the Northwestern play – like the grass looks like they like they just never mow it like and you can tell I guess they're just trying to slow everyone down but those were kind of those were kind of my initial
0: impressions from week one. N- Notre Dame grass used to be the same, man. I mean, you couldn't oh, yeah. see ankles on anybody for a while. It's just, you know, that's, that's that's the Big Ten, you know, thick ankles and high grass. And let's go play some football. Yeah, let's. Oh do yeah. It. Uh,
1: I think the other question, obviously, it has to be Georgia. And we had discussed this game, and truth be told, the game kind of played out as i expected at least from clemson's side but the one thing that and perhaps maybe it's injury related with their with their skill guys on the outside but as impressive as georgia was and as big of a win as that was i'm curious to hear your opinion rj because i found myself going yay i won the money line bet but i also found myself going that's just not a complete football team like i don't think they they can compete with Alabama unless they all of a sudden figure out a way to score an additional 35 points. And I, I want to give all the credit in the world to Clemson and their defense because that defense was, was as salty as can be too. But, you know, you've just got to be explosive. And, you know, watching a guy go 22 for 30 for 140, that ain't it, man.
0: No, look, I mean, everyone is, is hammering Clemson, right? They're, they're, they're fading Clemson big time uh dju is getting destroyed um but i mean let's be fair like georgia didn't look any they didn't really look at they made one play they they made one play i mean offensively Uh, that game was three to three yeah i mean georgia made a play and clemson didn't make any that were big like that that's the difference like i i don't think you could sit here and say oh, man, Georgia, they're just world beaters now. They held Clemson to three points. Yeah, they did. Well, Clemson held Georgia to three as well. Like, yeah. And Georgia just scored the defensive touchdown. So it's like, yeah, okay. Like, Georgia deserves all the credit for winning that football game. Like, give them credit for the win. You want to move them up in the rankings, fine. I don't think they're the second-best team in the nation. And if they are, that means that Ohio State's really not any good. Like, you know, it, it's or Oklahoma's not any good. And I know Oklahoma's defense was really, really bad last week. But I mean, I seem to think that Oklahoma would score more uh, against Georgia than three points. Uh, so, yeah, I, Georgia gets the credit for the win. But I don't think they're world beaters right now. It, 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 one thing this week one showed me is that Nick Saban got his guys ready to play. And, and, yeah. and not a whole, you know, and, and Lincoln Riley did not. And Ryan Day did not. And Dabo did not. And Kirby, I mean, he got his defense ready, but I mean, he didn't, I mean, his offense was bad. So, you know, Matt Campbell didn't get his team ready to play Iowa did uh, James Franklin did. And, and, uh, and Nick Saban did.
1: Uh, And I'd like to give a quick shout out to my boy, Lane Kiffin. Those boys are ready to play. And I think that's going to be kind of one of the interesting teams in the sec, because if indeed the defense is improved, which again, isn't really saying much considering how bad they were last year, but it is an interesting team to me because they are going to have the ability to score, and they feel like the team that, you know, if you don't play well that day, they'll sneak up and beat you, and it feels like someone might sneak up and get them. But I feel like that could be, like, the, the, the agent of chaos in the SEC.
0: Dude, Lane always is. Lane's awesome. I love Lane Kiffin. Um, you know, outside of one bad decision he made in 2009, I mean, I really like Lane Kiffin. Uh, that's, that's why he left Knoxville. Uh, but like he's he's amazing. He's great for the sport. Uh, he was great for USC. He was great for FAU, and and, and now in Ole Miss, because he's he's a talker. Like the guy always is in the news, and and you know, that could take some pressure and add it to the team. It could take some away depending on who the team is, and if you have a quarterback, like it seems like they do, uh, it could take it away. Let's let's discuss Oklahoma's because you're in Big Twelve
1: country. It was a weird game to me in that. Oklahoma felt like they had control of the game. And then a couple of things, a couple of uh, things go against them. And then Tulane gets the onside kick. Overall, I, I know there had been a lot of talk all all offseason that this is, you know, Oklahoma's got a defense now. Oklahoma's got a defense now. RJ, did I miss anything? Because it looked like Oklahoma to me. It looked like the same thing. Same Oklahoma. Uh, you know, we hear this Which, a lot. By the way, it's I'll... very good. But we're just talking <laughs> about, if we're talking about a contender,
0: Right, and, and you know they'll score enough. And, and look, the Big Twelve doesn't play enough defense to really matter anyway. For I mean, Oklahoma's just going to outscore you. Uh, they've got the best quarterback in the conference. I don't I don't, I don't really think that there's a, a a second a number two guy. Uh, they've got the best quarterback in the conference, uh, so they'll wind up winning the conference. But you know, Oklahoma did not look to def- they played a Tulane team that wasn't practicing in their at home. The game was supposed to be at Tulane it got moved so they got a home game out of this whole thing and they still barely won like and you're right they were in charge of this you know outside the, be- the beginning of the yeah. game tulane had a pretty good start and, you know Rattler through the pick early on but they were in control of basically from the you know 8 minute 5 minute mark of the first quarter until you know the fourth they were they were in charge of that game and and then you know tulane started to make some plays and they were one turnover away from having a chance to win this thing. And that turnover happened to be an onside kick and they had it. And then they wound up being one yard shy on a broken play. So like, if I'm Oklahoma and, and you know, my, I, I got a lot of Oklahoma friend, uh, fi, uh, friends, who are Oklahoma fans alum. I mean, they're, they're in a state of what's going on here. Like this, you cannot barely beat Tulane. Tulane is a school that people go to not to play football, but to become like engineers, Or whatever it is and
1: everything and yeah and
0: to live in new orleans and to live in new orleans right absolutely yeah they've they love you know seafood or whatever who knows but it's like this is a bad it was a bad win that was what i would call a win lost
1: yeah the the yeah the i don't know if it's the good bad win or the bad good win but yeah let's, let's take a look at what of course is the highlight i think of tomorrow we got big noon saturday Oregon and Ohio State. We had mentioned Ohio State last week on the show. I got to tell you, RJ, this is another one of those that I am licking my chops. Yep. I don't, I don't care that this is only 14 and a half. I don't even feel like I have to buy the hook. I love the Buckeyes here. And here's the biggest reason why I love the Buckeyes. If you look at, if you look at what Fresno State did to Oregon last week, they killed them through the air and I do not see how Oregon has the dudes to match up with Olave with Wilson.
0: This screams bad matchup to me. This is one of those games where, like, the line, you look at it, and it seems it's in the double digits, so it seems big enough, but it's one of those where, like, the, the upstart kind of team, oh, maybe they could pull a cute little upset, and they go there, and they wind up realizing real quick, that they don't belong on the same field as the other team. And that's exactly what this feels like. And if you want to if you want to take the plus 14 or 14 and a half or whatever it is now, you, you knock yourself right out. I, I think this is a line that, that can't get big enough. It, it, you know yep. I mean, I guess it could, but it's not going Yeah,
1: out. I mean, but within reason. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, obviously, if they're going to give you 30-something, like maybe you have to think about yeah. taking that. But at a certain point, like within reason – like, this just feels like an Alabama last bet uh, last week with Alabama. This yeah. feels like a very similar bet. Of course, the other big issue going on right now is Kayvon Thibodeau's injury. According to Mario Cristobal, he said, quote, we're open and honest with injuries. We don't head fake anyone. I thought you'd appreciate that, yeah, RJ. I did. I loved it. We're trying to get him ready. We'll see where he is closer to game time. He's trying to get there. We're not there yet. A couple other notes that I found interesting. RJ this is just the third time that Ohio State is a fewer than 20 point favorite under Ryan Day. They won the previous two matchups 38 to 7 against Wisconsin and 42 to nothing against Cincinnati. It's the first time Oregon's been a double digit underdog since 2017 when the Ducks lost to Washington
0: 38 to 3. Pretty exciting Man, stuff for us. Very exciting. And and that is I mean you want to talk about winning games when you're a short favorite. Ohio State does.
1: This is BetQLU. When we come back, we're going to get into the Pac 12. Of course, they had a nice weekend. We'll get into more of the big games involving the Pac 12, including Utah and BYU. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. This is BetQLU.
0: From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action from noon to 8 Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, welcome back to
1: BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can call me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn My co-host, of course, is RJ Choppy from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. You can catch both of us all day on Saturdays during the college football season. BetQLU in the action. Noon until 8. RJ has the early window. I'll have the second half with you. R.J., let's get into what I think a lot of betters out there want to know. Who's some money line teams that we can be, that we can think about. Who do
0: you have on upset alert? Upset alert. All right. So my upset alert team for the week is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go on. I, I know, right? It's a plus 430 on the money line for Buffalo. Nebraska couldn't stop a nosebleed when it comes to the run. Buffalo still runs the ball very well, and this is this is something for me to say. I hate running the football. I want that to be perfectly clear. I am anti-run. Get out there and throw it five million times a game. That's all I care about. That's all I'm, I'm about. I'm about entertainment. But Buffalo still can score, and Nebraska. I mean, they got. I mean, they gave up some a lot of rush yards to Fordham. It's a look-ahead game because they got their big OU game coming up. Buffalo upsets Nebraska plus 430 on the money line. Okay. I also love this because I found
1: myself watching a little of Nebraska Fordham because there's something just fascinating to me. I I always, even at USCF, I thought Scott fraud was, you know, Scott fraud. uh, That's what I called him. I (laughs) thought he
0: was,
1: he wasn't even fraud at Jace. Like I'm just pretty sure like that's exactly what he was. It was kind of sad how hard they had to work just to like cover against Fordham. And that told me they they do not feel good about their football team. And so I, the fact that you've the fact that you've put that idea into my head, I'm very much rolling with it. All right, this is a short upset. I want to get your thoughts on it. Mississippi State looked horrible last week. There's no getting around it. They looked terrible. However, they had some suspensions from their fight with Tulsa uh, during the bowl game. And there's something about NC State, with Dave Dorn at home, he's a covering machine. As a road favorite and a short road favorite, NC State has not covered since Barack Obama was president. That's how long it has been. Whoa. I really think that this is the classic, this makes absolutely no sense, but give me the Mississippi State Bulldogs, because to me, everything, everyone's, it's, NC State's a little too obvious, and I just, in my experience in gambling, when you get the little too obvious short favorite on yeah. the road, it goes badly.
0: Yeah, look, I refuse to – I've seen too much of Mike Leach. I refuse to believe that Mike Leach isn't going to figure something out. Like, you know, he he, did, he had a lot of success at Texas Tech. Uh, he had success at Washington State. I have a hard time believing he can't go to Starkville and get better players that he's had in either of the other two stops, right? You, know, you th- yes. theoretically, you'll be able I mean, to get better players. You make
1: the argument that Texas Tech and Washington State are, you know, in the conversation
0: of five worst power five jobs to have in terms of building a roster. Yeah, I mean, you can't like there's no, no nobody. Look, I've been to Lubbock. It's it's no, uh, especially when there's a, a west wind. All you smell oh, yeah. are, are what the cows are doing. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Um, and then Pullman, who do you recruit? It's,
1: it's actually not that much different.
0: <laughs> right like who do you recruit like at least at texas tech if there's a kid in el paso you can go get him. uh you you can get the kid from abilene but you know it's it's not easy to recruit there at starkville i would assume it's a little bit easier to recruit even though that's probably the worst outpost in the sec right that's prob- uh, so- yeah i mean it's,
1: it's probably it's right on par i mean now the difference is you have better access to talent. It's a more fertile recruiting base, but yeah, I mean, Mississippi state has traditionally, when you look at how they've been successful, it's either been through the, you know, the Mississippi Juco ranks or it's with Dan Mullen. He was very good at finding kind of raw guys, developing them and turning them into, but it's been a lot of do it the hard way. But the thing is that kind of fits the calling card of what Mike Leach does.
0: Right. It does. It does. It kind of does. And, and, you know, uh, I mean, damn! It didn't—it didn't hurt Dan Mullen to get some some quarterback in there named Dak, and then you know that. Oh. I mean, that was it. Like you know, look at the look at the team he had around him; it wasn't a great team Took him to number one. Um, so I, I think Leach will figure it out eventually. It's—it's—he's too good of a coach not to. So I, I buy this. I—I I could see them easily uh, pulling off this upset.
1: Okay, I want your opinion on this one because it'll it'll lead us into our Pac-12 discussion. Cal's catching eleven and a half. They're taking on TCU. Neither of these teams actually want to be explosive. This does also feel like a situation, though, where I think Cal might be a little undervalued because people just saw, well, they lost to Nevada. But if you watch the game, Carson Strong is just a first round NFL type quarterback and he just played awesome. I didn't really feel like Cal was that disappointing other than the fact that at times they struggled to score. But I don't think this TCU offense is going to be explosive either. I feel like there's a chance that you could put them on upset alert.
0: You know, I think you might be able to. uh, Here's the thing with TCU and Gary Patterson. uh, Look, he continues to defy. Because one thing, it doesn't matter what conference TCU is in. If they were in the WAC, if they were in the Mountain West, uh, wherever. TCU always, always had to rely on three stars or worse. They never really got the five star kid. Or the four star for that matter. Barely. Barely ever. Uh but Gary Patterson's a legit football coach. Like if Gary Patterson went to Texas, he's a household name as a coach. Uh, you know, like he just is. Um so I I, I, lo- I think TCU uh is, is a program that's in a kind of a weird spot right now. And I think they could be r- ripe for a picking. You know, because Cal is—I mean—they're not playing a a, a non uh, a group of five; they playing a power five team. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the, the question is—is is that how well, how well does Cal play um, against the team they're not familiar with? Yeah. You know, all the and, and TCU has the same thing to deal with, right? When you when you these non-conference games, you're not familiar with these. Like Alabama wasn't familiar with Miami, but yeah. they're Alabama. That doesn't matter whether they're familiar with them or not. They've got a talent advantage. I don't know that TCU has a great talent advantage here. Uh, that was just one that I had on my
1: card. Of course, when we stick with the Pac-12, one of the big headlines of last week was just what the heck happened in Seattle, Washington, because Montana comes in and essentially just played Washington's football game and beat them. I mean, Washington mm-hmm. ends up only putting up seven points on the board. The Huskies go to, of course, Ann Arbor this week, and that's another one of the the premier games I got a zig when they zag. RJ, one of the teams that I feel like gets consistently overvalued. Let me let me rewind the clocks back for you to last year in which Michigan feature game playing Minnesota blows the doors off of them. Looks great. You sit there and you think, oh, Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's got it back. Mm-hmm. They turn right around the next week and lose to Michigan State as a 24-point favorite. Washington had three or four of their top receivers out They were unable to move the football, really. But this does scream, this game makes no sense. It wouldn't shock me if Washington wins because I kind of think it's going to be an ugly, gross, you know, classic slugfest in which you're not really sure if it's a slugfest or if it's bad football. But I can just kind of picture it when I think about it at night.
0: Man, this would be one of the great turnarounds, you know, losing one week to Montana and then all of a sudden going out and and beating Michigan. I mean, that would be one of the great turnarounds. Uh, But, you know, i am still waiting i'm waiting for the hammer to come down on old harbs like when is you know like when's it gonna happen like every year this guy's like we're talking about oh the jim harbaugh's on the hot seat oh wow there's an extension uh it's really weird like it always seems to happen like this it's like find you a school that loves you as much as michigan loves jim harbaugh yeah like they keep giving him chances so it wouldn't surprise me if if michigan uh we're, we're to get we're to get knocked off here it would not surprise me one bit the only thing that concerns me that this might actually be a new jim harbaugh
1: rj i don't know if you you caught this i i I didn't see enough headlines discussing it harbaugh is a changed man this year he's going with the wireless headset where he's oh. used to have the wired in headset and he used to make like the the manager carry the cords around a, guy. A cord yeah. guy yeah yeah he had the cord yeah. guy behind him this year he's gone wireless so he's He's not, you know, he's saving, you know, you can make the argument, is he taking away a job? But at the same time, yeah. he's trying to save the university some money, I guess, because he knows how much he costs them.
0: Yeah, has he changed his pants? Has he gotten rid of exactly. the, the, the,
1: the tan dockers, the, khaki, the pleated? He still, yeah. had the, he still had the khakis, and he had the transition lenses still.
0: Don't sleep on those. Don't. <laughs> if I was a glasses wearer, I think I well, might go transition it's
1: the perfect big 10 sunglass. Cause you don't yeah. know, is it going to be sunny? Is the, are the clouds going to roll in? I don't know. He's prepared. I think there's uh, I, I think there could be some, there could be some brilliance in there. Let's discuss one of the other big things from last week and discuss whether or not we think that, that this can move forward. How do you categorize what UCLA did to LSU?
0: Man, uh, I, 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 two things. One, um, we, we need to take a break here and recognize that when Coach O got – what did everybody say when Coach O got the job? Uh, you just did. hired an interim head coach. Exactly. Because yeah. that's what Coach O is. Like, let's, let's yeah. be fair. Like, the guy's a tremendous recruiter, and he is always going to recruit top-notch athletes. But why did Coach O get a title? Because the, he had the number one pick at quarterback who yeah. found like, – this,
1: this is what blows me away about LSU. They worship the wrong joke. They act like Joe Brady invented football. And I'm sitting here going, guys, turn on turn on football on Sundays, too. It exists. Or you can watch yeah. other college football. Joe Brady didn't run a single play that I had never seen before. And yet they completely bypassed what Joe Burrow did. But to me, the more interesting thing was, RJ, L- UCLA was the more physical football team. They just beat them up by the fourth quarter LSU and those vaunted, you know, defensive lineman that supposedly had Orgeron's able to get, they wanted no part of that football game.
0: No, they they didn't. They didn't. And you're absolutely right on the Joe Brady thing. I mean, people just love to appeal to authority and just give the coach the credit when it's really the quarterback. Uh, But, no, I mean, UCLA and their sissy blues were far more physical than LSU. And I absolutely – I mean, why, why do people think that if Chip Kelly could do it at Oregon that he couldn't do it at UCLA? A school where he doesn't have to get on an airplane to recruit—he literally walks outside and he goes and he finds a kid playing in Rancho Cucamonga or whatever. It doesn't matter. He just yeah, finds no. somebody, right? He's at UCLA, uh, like that. It's a sleeping giant, and it always has been. I mean, they, of course, they don't have a hundred-yard practice field. That'd be nice to get, but yeah. you know, like if he could do it at Oregon then he could, he could do it at UCLA. I have no doubts. You want, to tell, you want me to tell you the Pac-12's best chance at a national title in the next five years? It's probably Chip Kelly. I think that might be fair because
1: it does feel like with his cachet, if they start to have more success, and if you still see that USC under Clay Helton, they're just kind of meddling in mediocrity. Yeah. You can tell me there's an opportunity for UCLA, and you can tell me the more they win, the better they recruit. Yeah.
0: I mean, who doesn't want to go? I mean, what, what 18-year-old kid wouldn't pick up a phone and say, oh, yeah, I'll go to L.A.? That's uh, cool. This 18-year-old did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would totally go to L.A. Like, if I was 18 years old. Oh, it's the beach. There's mountains. There's girls. It's this big city life. Hollywood. Sunset Boulevard. Sure. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I I guess I could go to Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. or I go to L.A. You know, it's just like either one. So I, I never understood how USC and UCLA don't win more. I know USC does, you know, did plenty for a while. But to me, the three best jobs have always been like USC is one of them. And Texas is one of them. and I always thought Florida was one of them. If you don't have to leave your state and you're the biggest dog in your state, like how is that not a great job? And I think UCLA is is. I mean, they're not on that level, but they've got that. They've got that in them. They don't have to leave anywhere. They got a recruiting, a fertile recruiting ground. Sticking in the Pac-12,
1: we've got the holy war this week. We've got Utah going to BYU, BYU getting seven at home. RJ, what am I missing? What? How did also, how did Utah wind up beating Weber State and going from out of the rankings to inside the top 20? What what am I missing here? I would. I'm just sitting here going, okay, just give me the points. I'll just take those.
0: Yeah, I, look, I mean, I don't know how beating Weber State gets you anywhere. It doesn't really seem like it would get me anywhere. Uh, I wouldn't think that I would change my perception on a team uh, because of that. Uh, but, you know, I'm with I, BYU, the program, and, you know, they're going to be in the Big 12 really, really soon. You know, BYU, the program is I – mean, they, they've got a nice little program. It's not – they're not ever going to win a title. But they're always going to be competitive, it seems like. And and this game particularly is one of those throw all those records out the window. I hate that cliche, but it literally is this game. Throw everything out the door. This is usually to me a game I like to bet on if it's a bigger dog than six points.
1: Coming up next, we're going to get into our pull cards. I've got a tight little 15 play card. We'll also discuss Iowa, Iowa State during that, and more importantly, RJ's going to have some head fake games for you. I always look forward to this each and every week. RJ thinks through the process, and he'll tell you about those when we come back. So we got head fake games, our betting cards. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. You're listening to BetQLU.
0: From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright.
1: And hey, we welcome you back to BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can call me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn My co-host is RJ Choppy of 105.3 The Fan. In Dallas, one of my favorite things that we're starting to do each and every week here on BetQLU is the head fake games. RJ, we got any head fake games this week?
0: Head fake games. We do. We have one head fake game that I absolutely love. Uh, It is Texas against Arkansas. Now, Texas is a seven-point favorite, and this is what the head fake is. Let's pretend that I'm this giant betting syndicate. Uh, Whatever I bet, the casinos, Vegas, the online sportsbook, your bookie even takes notice of. So when I place a bet on somebody, that moves the needle. It moves the betting line. So the goal here is to move the line in our favor. I think Texas, as a seven-point favorite, is super undervalued. I think they should be 13 or 14 here against Arkansas. So we're going to place a very small bet. Maybe 10% of your normal bet, maybe 5% of your normal bet on Arkansas. That's going to, you know, plus the seven that'll move the line to a more favorable line for a favorite, six and a half, six, five and a half, whatever it may be, however much you want. And then hammer Texas over the top because Texas should win this game going away. They handled and they beat a really good Louisiana team that probably isn't going to lose another game the rest of the year. Uh, Meanwhile, Arkansas kind of they kind of farted around with rice for a little bit right and rice is in a top 100 team uh and now they did pull away like texas did so i, I can't like totally you know look over their victory but you know they got it, they, they got it by getting like three turnovers they're probably not going to force a ton of turnovers against texas i'm a huge fan of hudson card i call him hutter butter uh and so i just think texas is an easy play here let's try to get it in a more favorable number that we can for a favor than seven, try to get it at six and a half or six, head fake Arkansas, take Texas and the points. There's your head fake game of the week.
1: RJ, I could not agree more. I, I love this and it actually pains me because I love football coaches that cover the number. And more importantly, football coaches that clearly knew what the number was and were trying to cover. And that's exactly what Sam Pittman did last week. In fact, he was my first induction of this year into the society of coaches that cover, but I'm in complete agreement with you. Unfortunately, I had to watch that entire game for Arkansas to make sure that they did <laughs> indeed get that cover. And KJ Jefferson, uh, he ain't it. And, and yeah. to me, like that was, you know, it, you know, give your, you know, tip your caps to Rice. All, all, and all. But I mean, to me, I, I'm with you. The the level of opponent, Texas, Texas passed the eye test last week. Yeah. Arkansas didn't. In fact, you've, conv- you've been so convincing, I'm going to put that on our card. Let's get to the cards.
0: The betting card.
1: All right, RJ, I'll start with mine. I'll just go with it in chronological order. I'm, 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 I'm subscribing to your principle here. Kansas is playing football. I'm laying it. I've got <laughs> Coastal Carolina, minus 26 and a half. We're laying it right there. Ohio State, we discussed at the beginning of the yes. show i don't i don't feel like i really need to explain this i feel pretty good about their receivers against oregon's defensive backfield south carolina this is probably a trap the fact that they're only laying two but just like anakin you got to spring the trap so i'm laying minus two they're better than east carolina and i don't understand why east carolina keeps getting respect the poster child for coaches that cover dan mullen he's taking on usf i watched usf last week they're terrible while florida's offense left much to be desired Dan Mullen was still taking deep shots on the final Mm -hmm. possession, trying to cover against FAU. That spoke to me. That's a man that's not going to, if he can do anything about it, he's not going to, he's not going to fail to cover two weeks in a row. Georgia laying 23 and a half, too trendy of a dog. Too many people on UAB here. Trendy dogs have fleas. When Georgia goes up against Conference USA opponents or the like, they score in the 50s. UAB has very much struggled when they go up in the level of competition what they've done there, they've built a tremendous program, but Georgia's just going to run all over them. Run, 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 run. I don't even care about the possibility of perhaps five, six starters being out for Georgia. They're going to run the ball down their throat. Love Texas A&M laying 17. And, R.J., this is really why I love this game. I'm not really someone that believes in elements. I'm like Rory mm-hmm. McElroy with the wind. I don't believe in it. I just don't. The fact that Texas A&M is going to have to go to Denver, play at a mile high, I don't think that actually matters. I'm probably going to be wrong, but they're laying 17. I think Colorado, I, I think they're kind of fraught of so Jace. I'm keeping my eye on them. Iowa, Iowa State. When I picture this game, it just looks like a field goal football game. I'm going to take the four and a half. We just discussed everything about Texas. I'm laying it with seven. My SpongeBob SquareP- uh, SquarePants pick of the week. <laughs> I'm laying five and a half with Kentucky. I know it's an L7 weenie. I know it's Michael Squint's mm-hmm. I know, I know it's square. I just think Kentucky's good and I was not that impressed with Missouri. We discussed Washington, Michigan. I think it's just gonna be a gross game. I want under 48 and a half. I understand Colorado State lost at home to South Dakota State last week. However, I also watched Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt only having only getting a touchdown is not nearly enough. I'm laying seven with Colorado State. I have no idea how San Diego State isn't favored against Arizona. I'm taking the two there we mentioned it in the BYU-Utah game. I want the plus seven. Most metrics show this game being fairly even. So just give me the seven points there at home. I'll take the home dog. And finally, my degenerate pick of the week. I want Cal TCU under 24 first half, first half total. Oh,
0: that's oh, yeah. a very Wisconsin-Penn State line right there. I like oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because that, that second half line last week was 21 and a half at Wisconsin-Penn State. I was like, I I am tempted to take the under, but there's no way you take an under and a half, at 21. It's just way too low. Uh, the first half you exactly can do that, but not the second. Hardest person in the room. There you go. That could be it. Okay, that's a good card. That's a big card, man. That is a big card. I love cards like that. Uh, mine is uh, not nearly as big. We got some matchup. We got some duplicate games. Uh, I do have Coastal uh, minus 26 and a half uh, against Kansas. Uh, I, I, I do also have uh, Ohio State uh, minus the 14 and a half against Arkansas. Here's some of the games I've got. I've already mentioned that I think Buffalo is an upset team, uh, upset special against Nebraska. They're getting 14. Uh, I am all over that. I'm taking Buffalo plus the 14 points. Uh, I love Georgia Southern plus seven against Florida Atlantic. Last week, Florida Atlantic was a 23-point dog to Florida. And they got a backdoor cover Well, in Vegas, Georgia Southern is only would only have been a 22-point dog to Florida. Yeah. so how does a backdoor cover equate to a seven-point spread? I don't get it. I think Georgia Southern's being undervalued because they struggled with Gardner Webb so give me Georgia Southern plus the seven. Um, I, I also like Liberty minus four against Troy. I absolutely love the Liberty Biberties absolutely love them they, they could I, I could watch a million of their games it's fun to watch they're like a poor man's coastal Carolina give me Liberty minus the four uh against Troy uh my I am not touched I do not bet on my school I never bet on Tennessee uh but I'm taking the under here at 57 uh yeah. with Pitt I saw just that was such an awful offensive performance in the second half by Tennessee last week. I can't imagine it's that much better. And then how about this? Let's do a little bit. Let's take some pizza money here. We'll call it like a pizza money parlay. Uh, ten bucks. This will win. This is a three-team parlay that'll that'll get you thirty-one to one odds. That's how bad. That's how big these odds are. Georgia Southern money line, Buffalo money line, and we're only betting ten dollars. Will win you three ten. And it's going to hedge one of my bets, take Oregon plus the 14 and a half. It's 10 bucks. If you hit, you hit big. So look, if you want to swap out Ohio State, you're still going to get great value because you got plus 430 and plus 235 on the money line. So swap out whoever you want. You can hedge on that one if you wanted to. But that's my little pizza parlay there. I think you might have just done my all-time favorite thing I've
1: ever seen a gambler do. Not only... Did you find a way to parlay and lose multiple bets twice? Yes. You also found a way to fade yourself while also finding a way to perhaps lose multiple bets twice. That is genius.
0: Absolutely. I, I just I, I'm an enigma. What can I say? I, I'm truly. I'm at a loss for words. That's that's one of the most beautiful things
1: I've ever seen. Uh, Anything else that just missed the card? Did you have any, uh, did you have any, uh, shall we say, honorable mentions, runners up?
0: You know, I thought about going and taking the under in Iowa, Iowa State. Um, I I thought that I thought that would have been a bet that I I kind of would have trended towards. But like weird things, it's the old saying, weird things happen in Ames. And I don't trust anything that goes on in Ames, Iowa. I'll never go there for that reason. Uh, if, if I ever catch word of a flight plan flying over Ames, Iowa, I'm, I'm taking a different flight. I yep. don't want to go anywhere near Ames, Iowa. So that that's another game that I would thought about. But once I got closer to looking at it, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not trusting that one bit. I'm not trusting that. That's a, low, that's a low number, too. 46 and a half, that's a low number.
1: Well, I forgot. I, I left one play off my card. I've got an even lower number no RJ when service academies play since 2005 the under is 38, 9 and one we've got 40 and a half we've got Air Force we've got Navy we're taking under 40 and a half can't wait to do it it's just something you have to do and on September 11th nonetheless like what better way to honor those men by saying we just want the clock to run
0: Please, 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 just run the clock. <laughs> this, this, I do love the Service Academy games. Like they're oh, so, yeah. they're so unique to 2021 college football. Uh, so I, I'm, I really, really enjoy these. And that is a great stat because they always do go low. Oh, look, it's 10-7 in the fourth quarter. What an Army-Navy game this is again. Uh, it's well, a great like game to go. To. I mean, you know what I
1: mean. You've got two option teams. Yeah. They both just want to run the football. You look, the clock just runs the whole time. You look up at the half, and you've seen there's been five possessions.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I mean, theoretically, Alabama should play with a running clock in the second half during ninety percent of their games anyway. Yes. Air Force, Navy, and Army literally do play with a running clock the entire time.
1: We are here each and every Friday night at eleven Eastern, and also when you're waking up on Saturday morning. Once the games kick off, it's BetQLU in the action. Eight hours of in-depth college football preview and reaction. It's all on BetQL, and it's also available on the Odyssey app. I'm Jeffrey Wright. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn He's RJ Choppy. You can follow him at RJ Choppy. Thanks for listening, and thanks for watching. BetQLU.
0: From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday it's BetQLU in the action from noon to 8 Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.